Calling all Swifties and champions of change, Like a Girl Media is rolling out the red carpet for you with our Thrive Like a Girl contest. We're all about celebrating powerful women leaders who inspire us to dream big and push boundaries. And who embodies that spirit more than Taylor Swift herself? Here's your chance to see her live in concert. We're giving away two tickets to Taylor Swift's show in London on Saturday, June 22nd. Imagine being part of the magic, all thanks to Like a Girl Media. Entering is easy. Subscribe, share, and show us which episodes inspired you the most. Visit our website or check our social media for all the details. Don't just dream it, be it. Thrive like a girl and make this summer unforgettable. Contest opens globally. Voidware prohibited. Must be 18 or older to enter. No purchase necessary. Subscribe and share with hashtag thrive like a girl and tag us at like a girl underscore media for entry. Unlimited entries means unlimited chances. Winner chosen at random after contest closes May 20th, 2024. We'll be notified via DM. Make sure your profiles are not private. Check full rules on our site. This is your shot to see Taylor Swift live. Don't miss it. Welcome to the Hit Like a Girl podcast. This is High Tea with Grace, where we spill the tea on HIT. Today, I'm honored to welcome Rachel Morano, co-founder of Pivot Point Consulting. She's a seasoned entrepreneur and health IT executive that brings nearly 20 years of hands-on experience implementing HRs with healthcare organizations and even more than that. So thanks so much for joining us, Rachel. Thank you for having me, Grace. Happy to be here. We're super excited to learn from you. So tell us a little bit about your backstory. What led you to this particular healthcare consulting career path? Well, after graduating from University of Iowa, go Hawks, um, with a degree in computer science, that's when I actually started my healthcare IT journey. Um, I began at Cerner Corporation uh, back in 2001 and really started out as an analyst and uh, was working my way um, through learning the, the fundamentals of healthcare IT and, and really um, cut my teeth in, in the Cerner space. Um, eventually, I moved on and went to Advocate Healthcare, which was one of my clients, and um, really learned about the healthcare IT um, space from a hospital perspective mm -hmm. and, and seeing it from that lens. And I was a team lead there and did a lot of implementation over the years, um, implementing Cerner into those hospitals and eventually shifted into the consulting space and wanted to get into Epic and wanted to get certified with Epic, saw that Epic was really um, moving up in the industry and there was a lot of different dynamics on the Epic side. Um, and so that was really interesting to me to kind of see the differences between Cerner and Epic and how those implementation methodologies differed. And, um, and from there, I was, you know, wanting to get into leadership and, you know, worked my way through analyst, trainer, manager, director um, in the Epic space and was really a road warrior, um, traveling all over the country, um, working, you know, as a leader and, and, and working through implementation um, in a variety of different types of hospitals. So it was really interesting, um, you know, seeing that growth and seeing that the evolution of the industry, you know, with the Epic lens for, versus Cerner. Um, I got very involved in HIMSS and eventually became the president for the Illinois chapter, the greater Chicago chapter. Wow. Um, yeah, which was great. I had a, a variety of different positions in the HIMSS community over the years, um, program chair and sponsorship chair and met a lot of different people in the industry and, and networked. Um, and and learned you know a lot more about healthcare IT from a, from a HIMSS perspective. 
Um, and so, you know, I've really had different angles and perspectives of the industry yeah. and got, got excited about the idea of being an entrepreneur and, yeah. and starting my own business. My mom was an entrepreneur. My dad was an entrepreneur. So I, I grew up in a family of, of, of folks that, that had those ideas. Um, and so, you know, that's really where Pivot Point came from. And uh, we launched in uh, April of 2011, founded it. Um, with a with a partner, uh, David Scott at the time, and actually launched it out of my uh, my apartment in Chicago. Wow! Um, wow. Very, very humble beginnings, no question. Um, and you know, years five years later, merged uh, merged the business into Vaco, which is now the parent company that we're a part of. And uh, it has been a rocket ship ride ever since. So that, that's, that's been amazing. A story. <laughs> wow, very cool. And it's so yes. interesting to have both that that uh, EHR implementation side and, you know, from the EHR vendor side and then also from the hospital health system side. Very, very interesting. So I'm yes. interest, you know, interested in hearing about uh, your, your company. What do you do now? And then also did, you know, COVID-19 impact your organization? And if so, you know, how did it impact it? Yeah, well, I mean, the, our company now has has grown immensely over the last four years, uh, really over the last you know ten almost eleven years. But really started out primarily around EHR implementation, mostly focused in Epic and Cerner, um, which were the things I knew and could sell. Um, my business partner David Scott, he was um, more focused on the payer side and an advisory, mm -hmm. so we did a lot in that mm -hmm. space. And, um, you know, it was the heyday of meaningful use. There was a lot of implementation work going on and uh, there was a lot of need, you know, in the industry clients wanting you know, strong resources that understood these areas. And we were always very focused on um, bringing quality and being a strategic partner and being a trusted advisor to all of our clients. Um, and then over the years, you know, we really wanted to focus on expansion, but but leaning into always having EHR as the fundamental, but you know, moving into other relevant areas using the same methodology, the same model, kind of rinse and repeating with you know new and interesting areas where we could um, meet the client where they needed us, and um, and so yeah, with the with the merger with Vaco, who is our parent company now, it was a really incredible integration. Um, David Scott went on to retire, and I have a new business partner, Matt Simpson, who was actually the founder of Vaco Healthcare. And oh, wow. um, Vaco, yeah, phenomenal company rooted in accounting and technology um, mm -hmm. primarily, and was looking to really launch into healthcare. And, and Matt Simpson did that um, with the Vaco Healthcare brand and, and through the acquisition with Pivot Point and another company called Graythorn, the combination of those three businesses became Pivot Point Consulting, a Vaco company, which is now, you know, what we are. Um, so, you know, that, that was fantastic. And we were really able to continue our growth in EHR and advisory um, and then add quite a few more practices on over the last half a decade, you know, to include um, analytics, data and analytics, ERP, managed services, so on the wow. outsourcing side, um, and a variety of other areas that, you know, continue to be opportunistic and synergistic with, with our EHR brand. Wow, that and is fascinating. Thank you. Yeah, we were really humbled um, to win Best in Class um, in 2020. It was the... Uh, 
the overall services award, top overall services award. And um, it's congratulations. That's a Thank big you. one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a whole class story. I'll probably tell you another day, but um, it, it was always our goal to become a best in class organization. And, and our North Star is always becoming um, class ranked and rated in all the different categories that we focus. Um, and in, in addition, some good news, I also want to tell you that we won uh, number six uh, best place, modern healthcare's best places to work. We got number six. Wow, for that that's a tough one to get because that's up against healthcare organizations themselves too. Yeah, yeah. and it, yes, and we were really humbled and, and excited to to receive that. We focused very heavily on culture and you know growth and development internally, and you know through the pandemic. Um, to be getting that kind of award, you know, after a, a two years of a pandemic, it was um, it, it, incredible. So yes, truly, I love to hear about all these successes. But another thing that I also like to hear is about the funniest mistakes too. Do you happen to have a funny mistake that you have from when you first started? And can you tell us what lesson you learned from that as an entrepreneur, woman, in healthcare IT? The funniest mistake I made in the early days of Pivot Point that taught me a valuable lesson um, was really about balancing my work life and my family life. You know, mm -hmm. as a mom, mm -hmm. um, that can be challenging, right? And uh, at the time, I was nine months pregnant um, with my first child, and it was uh, scheduled for a C-section. And quite literally, uh, until the moment I was being wheeled into the OR, I was on the phone. <laughs> texting, calling, taking calls, um, running day-to-day -day things of the business, which, um, you know, really not the right thing to do. <laughs> and I, I think it it really highlights how much um, and how often women feel the need to juggle, mm. you know, the personal and professional responsibilities and, you know, responsibilities at home, you know, being a mother and, you know, not super proud of the fact that I was doing business while, you know, almost giving birth. But I think it taught me, a lot about how I need to manage my time and um, prioritize what's most important. Um, and I think ultimately it, it, it changed how I, my perspective set. Definitely second child didn't do that. Um, but it was early days of Pivot Point. There was a lot going on. Um, but people still to this day kind of make fun of me for that one. Oh, I'm sure all of us moms, all of us hit moms have stories like that. You know, it's yeah. a lot of work to break the glass ceiling. So you got to take is. the call if you got to take the call, even if you're in labor. <laughs> hey, you get a little break sometimes between contractions. <laughs> uh, so I know none of us are really able to achieve success uh, by ourselves. It, we really need help along the way. Is there a particular person you are really grateful for that helped you get where you are now? Um, absolutely. This is an easy one. Um, my mother has been a huge influence in my life. She she played so many roles for me growing up, um, not only as a mother, but as an entrepreneur and honestly, someone that's just truly Superwoman, superhuman. I, I I don't know how she did it all, but she did. And she she's a hairdresser. She had a a, a large state spa and salon, um, wow. one of the one of the the largest in Chicago at the time. And she was running her business. You know, oh, actually over forty years now. She still has it. She's in her seventies. She's still wow. running it. Um, <laughs> but she raised me, and she volunteered for Sunday school, and she was a Girl Scout troop leader, and. You know, she did it all with a smile and, you know, I'll probably get a little choked up here because she's just such a wonderful person. But I think, you know, even during COVID um, with her business, she was forced to really reinvent 
the services. Mm-hmm. You know, everything was shut down. Hair salons, that was, it was a very different experience for businesses like that during that time. And she got creative and conducted virtual visits and sold product at home and, um, you know, tried to stay relevant in that market. And you'll hear me say that because I think it's such an important term in our industry, in any industry, but... Yeah, I mean, your name is Pivot Point and some people thought you had to pivot, you know? and Got it. It's all about pivoting. But yeah, yeah I, I mean, I think she's, she's a creative force um, who has taught me so much uh, about, you know, being a, a successful entrepreneur and she inspires a lot of my leadership style every day. And, you know, I love her and I, I immensely, immensely admire her in every possible way. So that's awesome. <laughs> what a great testament. So nice to have uh, someone that you admire so close to you, you know, literally someone in your family that has been through the entrepreneurial journey, has figured out how to pivot, kind of inspiring you throughout your life. Um, recently, there was an Ernst & Young report. Is it Ernst & Young? Sorry. Let me... Yeah, Ernst & Young. Yes. <laughs> okay, sorry. Three, two, one. That's amazing to have your mom be the one that's giving you that inspiration too throughout your whole life as an entrepreneur. A recent, a recent Ernst & Young report said that only about 20% of funded companies have women founders, which is just shocking, but also not that shocking too. This reflects you know, really great historical progress, obviously from where we were 100 years ago, but also a ton of more work to, to, to be done to empower women to create companies. Um, in your opinion, what is currently holding women back from founding companies um, in healthcare? And is that any different than other industries? I don't think it's any different in, in other industries, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't have a lot of experience in other industries, honestly. But, um, you know, after being a founder for the last decade plus, you know, I still find that while men are what I would call expected founders, Mm -hmm. women are unexpected founders. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. this can hamper the confidence of women, you know, who run companies or want to run companies or would even consider, you know, founding a company. You know, I think we really need to change this perception and increase the visibility um, of women in these types of roles and, and expanding our networks and supporting women founders and the notion of that um, and encouraging, I think, all leaders, both men and women, to build and nurture professional and personal networks um, as broadly as possible to really shift those perceptions. And, um, and I, hope, I hope that happens. I really do. Yeah. Are there any myths that you'd like to dispel about being a founder? You know, are there any myths that you hear out there that you're like, oh, that's kind of ridiculous? Back to the mom concept. You know, for me, I think the biggest myth is that you can't be a successful founder and a mom, you know, or you can't, you can't really do all of these different things. And, you know, I have four kids and I'm running a high growth business and it is possible that you can make space for both, which I am very much still trying to figure out every day. Um, but and it's not easy and it's, it's something I work on. Um, but I think it's important to know that it's very possible and mm-hmm. to, um, to not be discouraged by the fact yeah. that as women and mothers, we, we do have responsibilities in certain ways, but um, that we can balance these loads. What are some things you need to thrive and succeed as a woman founder? Woman or man, I think, you know, founder period. Um, 
I think you need to hire leaders who are smarter than you. And I have made a career of this. <laughs> uh, I, if you look at Pivot Point, this is these are brilliant minds across the leadership team, across the whole company, and everyone has a natural skill set. You know, I have a natural skill set. Uh, others do as well. But really, being able to recognize and 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 cultivate an environment that that elevates th- this this concept and embraces it, right? Yeah. And it's been, been said that you're the average of the five people that you surround yourself with. And I think it's really important that you be intentional about hiring your leaders, you know, with that concept in mind. I think challenging yourself, I'm a seeker. I've always gravitated to thinking about, you know, what challenges me? How do I be a better person? How do, how do we in, uh, incorporate things into the business that are going to help people grow and thrive and encouraging, you know, your teams and your leaders to do the same and, and you know, nurturing that concept throughout the business. I think being self-aware is honestly one of the most important things. And again, something I'm working on, my leadership team, we all work on, we talk about these things, we're very open about it, understanding emotional intelligence and leaning into Mm -hmm. the concepts of EQ and, and improving your communication and really transforming yourself and leading by example. Um, and and being open, um, being a critical thinker. I think these are these are the most important uh, conversations. Is when you're listening to your leaders and you're mining for conflict and 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 um, you're asking questions. Right? Mm-hmm. These are these are things that are going to cultivate a strong culture. And obviously, you know, pivoting. You know, that's our that's our concept is finding that pivot point and making that transition and, and shift. COVID, you know, presented that to the world and very much in healthcare, the most, honestly, in healthcare in so many ways. Um, And so being adaptable, you know, we had to adapt. And at Pivot Point, we did a lot of different things to adapt, but um, this caught us by surprise. And um, and it changed a lot of things in a lot of ways. And I think having an adaptable mindset and, and leading in that way is so important. That's amazing. You know, as a woman of influence in healthcare, you know, leading up you never know what your idea could trigger. Someday when I retire, the dreams of what, what this could look like. I think throughout my career, I've mentored several women leaders and, and have found that um, one of my strongest skills in helping others is helping them think through how they could take their idea to market or how how they can take an idea and put it into action. That's, that is something that I've been able to do. You know, I come up with an idea and I make it happen. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what being a strong leader is all about and, and, and never saying no and, and um, finding a solution, right? And I think today, it's never been easier to start a business, but it's also never been harder to scale a business. And I think marketing is so critical in scaling businesses and um, and, and getting your message and the, and the words out. And I think for me, what I would like to do someday is, um, is start an incubator that really supports um, women that want to start a business and be a founder. And it's it's complicated launching something out of thin air um, and, and really leaning into um, underserved communities where they might not have that support. 
um, and single single women, single mothers um, potentially, where you know might be more challenging um, to launch something and financially challenging. So that is definitely an area that I've been inspired um, to potentially do in the future. And uh, you know, I guess it would be a movement essentially in in um, in helping women to see this path forward and and take advantage of all that is being an entrepreneur. What a cool idea. I really love that. Well, I'm on your side and you just want some women to invest in. So I'm wondering before I forget, did you happen to bring some tea with you today? I do have some tea here. Yes. Oh, and I love your pivot point mug. Oh, thank you. Tell me the story about it. So this is actually a, a throwback and um, it's Pivot Point's original colors were red and black and white. Um, and so as we started to merge into Vaco, we adopted the sailboat, which is, you know, the concept of you know navigating into the future and very much Pivot Point. Um, oh, absolutely. Navigation. If you don't pivot when you're sailing, you don't go you, forward at all. I guess you're right. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we now have adopted some new colors, but I, I love to keep this as a memory of kind of where we started and how we've evolved. And and I am drinking, um, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say the, the type of tea. I'm yes, here. please do. I'm drinking Bigelow herbal tea, the red raspberry, which is my favorite, but it's ca- caffeine free. Because oh, um, I don't nice need Nice to do energy. caffeine free in the afternoon. <laughs> you know, caffeine in the morning if you do that and caffeine free in the afternoon. Yeah, yes, exactly. That's so, great. My mom was a big tea drinker, always has been. She had a, a whole tea set and the whole thing. And so I, I really enjoy tea. So I'm excited to drink tea with you today. <laughs> oh, I'm excited to drink tea with you too. Now, before I forget also, uh, where can our listeners find you online? So you can find me and Pivot Point at pivotpointconsulting.com. Um, our all of our social media handles are there. And we also have a podcast as well called Get to the Point. I also have a similar podcast called Be Heard that uh, features female leaders. So definitely check it out. We've got lots of great thought leadership and content and um, uh, uh, some insight reports that really look into our viewpoint on the future of healthcare IT. That's awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today, Rachel. Thank you so much, Grace. I really appreciate being here. And thank you guys for joining us too. Check out the Hit Like a Girl podcast and website for great information and more great guests just like Rachel today. Cheers. Cheers. Like a Girl Media is more than a media network. It's a community. We want to meet you and amplify your voice and the voices of outstanding women innovating in healthcare. Interested in starting your own podcast or hosting an event near you? Connect with us online or in person. We're here to support and empower you. 